Keller. Welcome in to the Pirate Playback right here on the Sports Objective, presented by LNK Custom Homes. And with us right now, we have Kyle from the Grange Barber, the kinder and gentler Kyle. How are you, uh, sir? I didn't know I was Kyler and gentler, but all right, cool. Uh, how y'all doing? And good. How are you, Bubba Rosenbaum? What's up, dude? Doing well, guys. Um, it's always nice to beat South Florida. The Pirates haven't done that much down through the years, so even though there were, you know, a couple of moments where there in the first half it was frustrating, uh, twenty-three to nothing after the break, and um, pretty solid all-around performance. No doubt, Matt Simenza, I'll tell you one thing. I was thinking about you with the very fact of uh, at halftime, I said, you know what, we're going to still win this game. And uh, I am I think that the three guys on this podcast, in addition to a former football player, um, we know how bad you guys have been hurting, and maybe you guys are hurting more when you see the program that was, like, at the lowest of low. I, probably, I think that's probably the lowest. It has to be the lowest in the history of our school. And to see the way that – we were quickly down, you know, like those two scores, 14, you know. But the great thing about this team that I love, as the Pirates are victorious, by the way, 29-14, is the fact that they, they're they fighting. They're fighting every single play. And the very fact that we came back and won that game. And if I know Coach Houston talked about it. If that had been years past, they would have folded like an old card table. I mean, it would have been over. over oh, quick. no doubt about it. No doubt about it, Dave. I mean, you know, we we had all talked before that game, and we, you know, we, one of the – I think the common theme was that was kind of a make-or-break game, um, not only for the rest of the season, but I think that could have really that, – that loss last night could have really affected Mike Houston, you know, and, and sort of his ability to, to keep the fan base happy. And at halftime, I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, we, we, we got screwed on that call. Um, that was a touchdown. That was a touchdown. And Big I'm thinking to myself, boy, here we go again. And credit to the coaching staff and the team for being able to keep it together and come out the second half and play a great second half. So that was, uh, you know, it shows this team, uh, I'll tell you, they, they have a lot of fight and they do play a complete game, you know. So uh, it's nice to see. Yeah, no doubt. And um, before, before I say something I want to say about the game, I, I just got some breaking news. Uh, Perk. Per Pete Thamel, Thermal, you know, you know the college football guy. Yeah, uh, Pete Thamel. Yeah, uh, the Mac is uh, discussing adding Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky, so that could be the death nail for Conference USA. Um, but anyway, now that I got that out of the way, uh, what you were saying, Matt, is 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 very true. That was a must win, and had we lost, you know, I think then it could have changed the whole con, you know, the whole complexion of the season. And certainly the way the fan base feels about Houston. Uh, now we have another must win against Temple. Really, now people can smell a bowl. We, we, they 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 can they can grasp it beyond it just being talked about. You can feel that we have the momentum and the football team that can get us there. Uh, Temple's another must win. If you take care of business against Temple, that's five wins. That means we got to find a way to win one of the last three to get to a bowl. Um, so 
Uh, another must win coming up. And uh, we're this close, guys. we got to get across the finish line. No doubt about it. That's the thing that's uh, really exciting is the fact that we are so close. I mean, four wins and and the, the fact that this is not the last game of the season. This is actually where we have a chance now to, like Kyle said, I mean, literally, guys, uh, we're going to make Matt's dream come true, that he's going to be with us hanging out on Black Friday, tailgating. I, I'm telling you, Chrissy, come on. You know, we're going to have a great time, and uh, we're, we're going to make that happen. We're going to talk it into fruition. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen because I really believe that – I really believe, you guys, when we're looking at with our next game, Temple, the fact that, Matt, I wanted to ask you uh, the fact that Bubba um, – you guys, we have the Thursday night game, right? We win that game. We had that short turnaround. We win the game, and we had two games back-to-back that were so close. We win that game last night, and then we had that nice nine days before the next game that's a winnable game. I'm feeling really good because those uh, – Matt and Bubba, you can talk about this time of year is where everybody's hurt a little bit. Everybody's banged up a little bit. This gives us some time to, to get a little bit uh, fresher. You know, it's almost like another – not really a bye week, but it gives you a little bit extra time. Definitely. And, you know, you could see towards the end of that game, you started to see some guys limp off the field a little bit there. You saw uh, McMillan sort of hobble off late, which scared the hell out of me. Um, and then I think it was Elijah Morris. I think you saw a hobble off there for a little bit. I did see him come back. I know Rajay took a big shot or two. Um, so I, I do think after that game, a quick, quick turnaround. That was a rough stretch for the guys. Um, coming off a, a game Saturday night in Houston where you basically get back into Greenville at 6 o'clock a.m., um, you know, and, and get right back to work. So I think in this case it definitely helps us, and um, we should be absolutely sky high for that Temple game, and um, that should be a beatdown. That should be an absolute beatdown, I'm going to say. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It should be, but I'll take a one-point win. Um, I will say this. Oh, yeah. A lot of people were saying we were going to blow out South Florida, and in the end, we won out. We we won by fifteen. The reason I thought that game was going to be close, I had, I had a bad feeling going into the game last night. That was just a feeling. But the reason I thought that game was going to be closer than uh than most people thought, and, and it really was. Uh, you know, we put it away late. Was two things. One, I thought we were going to come out flat because of the the, the short week, come get back like from Houston, etc. Two, South Florida is better than people think they are. South Florida. Almost beat Tulsa a couple weeks ago. Had that game won and blew it. They just blew out Temple. They were very competitive against BYU. They've gotten much better as the season's gone on. So South Florida isn't as bad as people think. They are a much better football team than they were last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that was a better win uh, than people are going to give it credit for. Um, I think South Florida probably win another game or two before the season's over. So... Um, it, we, we should be very pleased with the way we played in the second half. Hey, by the way, guys, how about the fact that that's only Bubba, isn't that three and nine all time now? And we have never beaten South Florida in Greenville until last night. Yeah, and we, we, we haven't had as many opportunities to beat them in Greenville, to be honest with you. I know. We, we played them in Tampa more than we have Greenville, plus we played them on a neutral field in, a, in the bowl game uh, back in 06. But yeah, you're correct. The, yeah, well, going into last night, Going into last night, we were 0 and 5, like Dave's saying, against South Florida in Greenville. And a lot of those games, quite frankly, uh, with the exception of you had that 2003 game uh, where Vontae Leach uh, went 
went wild and uh, ran for a lot of yards. But unfortunately, we doinked the PAT there in uh, – was it the end of regulation or even over, overtime? It was overtime. And then, uh, and then in 2015, we lost uh, a close game that Matt and I actually talked to Bryce Williams about on the Pulse of Pirate Nation prior to, to yesterday's game. We lost 22-17, to 17, but the other three have been blowouts. And um, we've given up as many as 60-some points against the Bulls in 2016. But uh, last night, you know, we found a way to get it done, uh, overcame the lackluster first half, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball, um, where Coach Houston um, – or as Coach Houston noted in the post game, we just simply stopped ourselves uh, a lot of times. And um, we found a way to work through that, and that's – obviously another staple of um, learning how to win and um, just becoming the program that we want to be. But uh, in, in addition to that, uh, it's, it's the first time that we've ever won consecutive games against South Florida. Of course, the Pirates won 44 to 24 last year down in Tampa. And this is also the first time we've started AAC play at two and two since 2015, which is rough and McNeil final season at the helm. And then, um, as far as forcing turnovers, we have now forced a turnover in 16 consecutive games and 27 of the last 28, which means uh, we've only not forced a turnover in two games in the Mike Houston era, which is uh, remarkable, um, you know, going back to when Bob Trott was defensive coordinator. And then uh, this year, when we have forced 18 turnovers now after forcing four last night. That's uh... – um, and on most of those are interceptions, I don't remember forcing too many fumbles this year. Uh, what's, what's the fumble interception ratio? Do you know? I believe it's 13 to 5 or uh, 12 okay. to 6. Yeah. So them boys can pick up the uh, the fumble ratio. Uh, we can really do something. <laughs> no, I'm obviously joking. Any way you can get a turnover is great. But uh, I, I, who leads to see who leads the nation to interceptions? We got to be in the top 10, top, top 20 at least in interceptions. Uh, no clue. I'll have to. I'll uh, research that. All right. Well, I tell you what, we're we're definitely. I'm I'm just amazed at how uh, Matt talking about the defense again. Uh, really aggressive. You gotta love those passing lanes, and they just step right in front of that that wide <laughs> receiver and that pick six. I tell you that. By the way, that was one of my points. I know Coach talked about that too. But Malik Fleming, when he gets that pick six, we missed the field goal in the pick six. That, that changed the whole game. I mean, that was like the big momentum swing there. I know I'm Captain Obvious there, but that was the one that was so huge for us. Was, I was like, we need a turnover so bad. And when he caught that yep. and Landon, I was like, wow. Um, yeah, that was like a shotgun blast. I mean, he came out of nowhere. On TV, it was interesting. The angle on TV, um, I'm sure you guys saw it much better from the stadium, but all you could see was the receiver and the ball thrown. And then you just see Fleming come out of nowhere, yeah. and all of a sudden he's in the end zone. So it was it was pretty cool to watch on TV. Um, but I'll tell you that defense very impressive again, especially in the second half. And they did it differently last night than they did against Houston. Last night it wasn't all about um, creating pressure on the quarterback and sack after sack. It was a little more um, a little more uh, coverage based on the back end. And um, and so I like to see them winning in different ways and, and successful in different ways. So, uh, but again, that's two weeks in a row, two weeks in a row where we pitch a shutout in the second half, and that's not something we're accustomed to seeing in Greenville. 
So I love it, man. I absolutely love it, and I love the way the defense is uh, is heading. No doubt about it. Guys on the offensive side of the ball, really happy for Rajay Harris. I know Coach talked about how he's practiced well and C.J. Johnson's practiced well. Uh, my only concern with C.J., guys, did you see that play where he and the guy and the and the other player were wrestling on the field? I mean, we're I, I don't understand that. Like, I like that kid a lot, and I usually don't say anything. But that could have hurt our team. He could have been kicked out of the game for that. And Coach Houston, Big John, I love Big John. Big John, they got him quickly on the sidelines, and they, like, got him way away from the situation. But he's got to find a way. Uh, that game plan, the other coaches just tell him, hey, just just do the trash talking. At and some point, you got to realize that you're being suckered in. The yeah. people are talking shit to you, and they're making, they're doing, and they're getting exactly what they want. They're, exactly. they're making you look like a fool because that's all they're doing is trying to sucker you in. It's rope a dope. Exactly. They're not meaning the things they're saying. They're just doing it because they know it gets to you. So yeah. I don't know, man. I I, I, just, I I don't know what you're telling, but uh, at some point you just got – I don't know. Maybe they do it in practice. So I, I would talk shit to them in practice constantly. I would have <laughs> other players on the football team just constantly talk shit to them in practice. Like every single yeah. play during, during, during practice, just, just constantly say your mama's a hoe or whatever. And I'm not calling your mom a ho, CJ. I'm just saying that 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 uh that that's what I would do. I mean, I'm being serious. Does that not does Matt? Does that make sense to you? I mean, listen, I uh, you know, I I, um, I definitely think that they need to get this under control because it looks like on TV that he almost threw a kick uh, towards the end of that play. Like he almost tried to kick the kid, and I'm thinking to myself, oh man, here we go. A huge play that's going to be penalized 15 yeah. yards. So, um, you know, I don't know how they're going to approach it in practice, Kyle. Well, if you hear it constantly, I would think it would, it would numb you to it. Yeah, I'm surprised he's not numb to it already, though. It's exactly. like, what, what is this, his third year in the program? It's At some point, you got to get control of your emotions and 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 just let that crap go because that's all, all that stuff is meaningless. Yep. All that talk, it's exactly. all it's all meaningless. I mean – I know, I know. Like for this younger generation, it's that's kind of the thing you do. You know, you talk trash and you, you know, you're you're boisterous and you're throwing your hands up and you know, it's all about a little attention on TV. But at some point, man, that stuff just gets like the, I know the fan base is tired of it. So you know, and, and it's unfortunate because CJ played a really good game last night. He made yes. some big plays, but yeah it just, it can't happen anymore it can't happen and if it happens again guys it would be for me it would be you know uh, a nice trip to the bench yeah, well, I, and, and, he, and he got us some tyler savage has been getting more playing time and i really believe that's part of the reason he had his best game this year is because uh he savage has been seeing the field more in his place so i uh, uh you know whatever it takes cj if you can play like you did last night but cut down on the uh yeah, on letting your emotions get the best of you, man. I mean, you, you could, you know, last night is truly the the first time he's even come close to playing to his ability level. But that's that's the point, though, Kyle. Is the very fact that he is focusing too much on the, like Matt said, too much on this trash talk and the emotional stuff when he needs to be focusing on his game. He's a great kid, great talent, local product. I mean, that's exactly what you want. You have Holt Naylor's and he from Greenville, you know, from Conley. Yeah. Jeremy Lewis, a lot of these kids. We've got a lot of local kids uh, in the two five two in the Pitt County surrounding county area, which is great that these kids are staying. But 
Um, that that's you don't want that. That could have really hurt the team. He could have been kicked out of the game. Sure, uh, the whole stuff could have happened. And so, uh, the only re- I normally don't call out players, but I just no, don't you're, know. You're not you're not really calling him out. You're you just you know. I'm concerned about it. Yeah, you're not talking about poor play, and he calls no. the ball game. You're talking about something that's correctable. I mean, that that's you look. <laughs> When, when when the kid's making an effort and just screws up, you, you know, I, you don't want to call him out for that publicly. No. But that's something you could correct. That's correctable mistakes. You can control that. Nobody, in fact, nobody can control that but you. That, that your coaches can't control it. The, the the other players can't control it. The only person who can control the way you act is you. Hey Matt, who is uh, uh, here's a sidebar for you. Who talked the most trash on your defense or offense uh, in your era there with Coach Logan? Whew, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I don't know about like I know that the hearts were always they those guys were just like high energy. They were always talking, and it wasn't even so much trash. They're just talking, talking, talking. You know, calling out defenses. You know, talk, I mean, I pro, off the top of my head, I would say those guys were were they were jawing the most of anybody out there. And then you had the the opposite, like Morris Foreman who was a really quiet guy and really didn't say too much at all. Um, so just different ways to get it done, I guess. What about on offense? Who, who would talk the most trash in practice? On offense? Uh, Mitch Galloway was a good talker. Okay. Um, Mitch Galloway was uh, – What about Larry he Shannon? Could he could back it up. My God. I, I say this before. I've, I've, I think I've said this on the show before, but of, of all the people I've ever had to, to try to I, – I use the word try to cover because I couldn't cover him. But try to cover one-on-one, he was the toughest. He was the quickest. He was so quick in and out of his breaks that uh, virtually impossible to cover one-on-one, especially for a linebacker. So, uh, yeah, Mitch Galloway, he could talk a little bit. Not in a bad way, though. It was more like, you know, just, you know – Having having fun in practice and whatnot, but uh, this is just a few of the guys that come to mind. Well, guys, uh, one of the things I'm concerned about, and um, again, is uh, what about the kicking game? Um, something that worries me. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. Kyle talked about that. I'm glad you were wrong, Kyle. Normally, I don't say that, but um, that we won the game last night. But the thing that worries me the most is what if uh, what if our season's on the line with. Um, I know we could play hypotheticals, but what if our season's on the line and, and we, our kicker misses a field goal, and that's the difference between going to a bowl and not going to a bowl? I'm just really worried. Well, as far as that's concerned, I mean, if it's if it's a kick less than 40 yards, I feel great about it because let's not uh, distort right. things. Distort things here. It's I mean, from under 40 yards, he's 10 out of 11. It's, it's those right. kicks that are in excess of 40 yards where he struggled. So, I mean, last night was the first time he had missed from under 40. Yeah. And, and you got to take into consideration the conditions. And then, and then he then he bounced back and then made the one toward the Murphy Center. And it looked uh, great coming off his foot. Uh, but, um, yes, if, if it's coming down to a kick of you know 45 yards, then, yes, you have some doubts. Yeah. I At some point, somebody needs to ask Coach Houston about that. You know, you. I, I wish you know one of us could be at the press conference. You would think the media would have asked him at this point, uh, why, why, uh, you know, we, we, what is Dapper's range? Uh, is anybody else got a, got a bigger leg if they're not as accurate? Uh, because uh, you know, we clearly will not kick a kick longer than forty yards. We'll go for it every time. 
we don't have a choice. I mean, well, I don't know if we have a choice or not. I, I mean, I, I, we've only seen Dafford try two kicks beyond 40 and he missed them both. Um, so if he doesn't have the leg, does anybody else on the team have the leg? That, that's yeah. the question. I, I'm saying, don't you think that he would put the, if there were, the guy was out there? I, you would think, you would think, you would think, but I mean, who the hell knows? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, well, if I think if Lace Margin or someone else had uh, been kicking well from that distance in practice, then you would see him attempt him in the game. So I, I, I just, I think at this point that Owen Daffer's our best option, and uh, we just, we must not have that ability to, to make it from that distance, uh, you know, very consistently at least. I mean, he's only attempted two, and um, for those two, uh, were under 45 yards, if I'm not mistaken, and they were borderline as far as having the distance. The one one against South Carolina, it was slightly off to the right, and it had it been online, uh, may have um, you know hit the crossbar or just barely gone over. Well, you know, well, we, when you're recruiting a kid out of high school, and, and you see his game field, and I understand the goalposts are different in high school, but how how, how different is it? I mean, we, we should have known on film if he had that kind of leg or not. Yeah. Well, and yeah, another. Go ahead. Dan. A lot, go, a lot goes into it. I'm because I've heard Coach Houston talk about making it from fifty or so in practice, if I'm not mistaken. But you know, when when the games, I mean, a lot of things uh, can change, and you know, a lot of different factors go into it as far as the, the snap and the hold, et cetera. Bob, have you taken the time? You're more of a film watcher than me. And Dave and Matt, I'm sure you watch film, but uh, uh, Bubba, have you gone back and taken a chance or taken the time to watch the couple he missed, the, the two he kicked beyond 40, to see how the trajectory was on the ball? Is, is, does he have a low trajectory that they're at risk of being blocked? I have not. I have not. But um, now that you bring that up, um, I may make the time to do that. Because that would be a good reason, even if he there are times he has the, the, the leg to do it, if it's a low trajectory consistently. And there's a good chance for it to be blocked. I, I could see that being a good reason up to try. Uh, guys, I think it's a great point too. And this this is going to come up at some point. It might not be this year. It might be next year. But one of the things you can do as a team, you can you can move practice into the stadium for for the last 20 minutes of practice. Pump in crowd noise, right? Get him on on the actual field in the stadium. Pump in crowd noise and create situations where you know you're coming after the kick and he needs to make it. And that's a great way to practice it. I, uh, you know, I know they do that kind of stuff on the practice field, but I would actually get them in the stadium to get them used to those situations. Um, Cause we're it's at some point it's going to bite us, right? If you can't make a 43, 44 yard field goal, it's going to, it's going to sneak up on you. Yeah. No doubt. It's almost yeah, like you're saying, like, like you're saying, Matt, go ahead, Dave. No, I was just going quick. I was just adding to just a quick point is that, it almost feels like, you know, that we're asking him to make a 53, 55 yarder every time when the reality is it's an average or, you know, I would say closer to average than above average, you know, kick, you know, in my opinion. All right. You, you would like to think we have the ability to to kick a – to me, I would expect a Division One kicker to be able to, to make consistently 47 yards and in. I mean, if, to me, anything over 47 yards yeah. is elite leg strength when you, when you get 48, 49, 50, 52, 54, 55. 
but anything 47 yards and in, if you're if you're an FBS kicker, you should be able to not make every one of them, but you should be able to make that. No question about yeah. it. But I'm heart. Go ahead, Bob. I'm sorry. It's definitely a big difference from what we're used to because with, with Jake Verity, I mean, you got to about the 38-yard line or so and really maybe the opponent's 40, and he had the left to make it from 55 plus uh, a lot of the ones that he would miss from uh, from 45 or 50 plus they would just be off to either side with with leg that would have been good from 60 yeah. overall I don't think special teams has played as well this year as last year period even though we're a better football team um I don't know why that is uh did we change something with our special teams coaching except for the punter the punter's been great I don't remember if it was this year or last year. We definitely changed the special teams coordinator, but I can't recall last if it was year. this year or last year. Last year is when we had, um, yeah, last year uh, Roy uh, Roy Tesh, uh, he moved to uh, defensive line, right? He was a special teams coordinator, and then they and Coach Houston has a. Oh, that, that's right. it's our, I believe, yes, I, I Bubba it, isn't it? Tim, Tim, Tim Dows, yes. Tim Tim Doust, uh, you know, coming over from Sam Houston State, and he yep. had previously been the uh, special teams coordinator up at Syracuse and yep. defensive coordinator at um, at Ball State as well as what Western Michigan. Yep. So I qualified coach on paper for sure. Hey guys, since we're talking about special teams here, I might say something that's a little maybe a little unpopular here, but I want to get your take on it. What do you think about? Sneed returning kickoffs. Um, I'll tell you, he he's a smaller guy, and you know you're prone to take some some massive uh, hits and collisions on kickoff return. I think he's coughed it up, and this is not me calling out Sneed. I that kid is he is a tough tough player. Um, it's more just due to his size, but um, you know he's coughed it up a few times this year. I know he coughed it up once last year. Um, he did follow it up with a pretty with a pretty big return out to like the forty something yard line. Um, which is nice to see. But what are your thoughts on Snead as the kickoff returner? And would you, you know, maybe give somebody else a look there? I, uh, I've i been talking about that all year, actually, Matt. Um, I, I think it's punt return because he, he does, and knock on wood, he does such a great job of catching the ball in traffic and all as a punt returner. I love him there. But I'd like to see Keaton Mitchell get a chance to return kicks. With his mm -hmm. speed and, you know, ability to cut and, and see the lane, I think uh, I think Keaton. I mean, maybe they tried it in practice and it don't look good, but it seems like Keaton could potentially be a good kickoff man. And what about not only Keaton, but what about uh, Bubba? What about uh, when you want to give guys that are young a guy like Pop McKay uh, that we've heard a lot of good things and we haven't seen him play very, very, very little, right? I mean, what about a guy like him to give him some confidence uh, to put? He's got a lot of raw talent. Maybe they've tried that. You know, we're not, I'm not the coaches and I'm not pretending to be a coach at division one level at East Carolina, but it just seems You're like not that. no. Oh, I thought you were. Yeah. Thank you. No, no, I'm not. Uh, but just the fact that he, somebody like him that we know that's a really good player or like Mitchell is a great example. I mean, Mitchell is so fast that the guy's got speed, probably the most speed we've seen since what Chris Johnson guys. Uh, he'd, he'd be right the running back position for sure. Yeah, maybe. What I'd love to see, I, I'd love to see Snead and Mitchell back there together. Mm. 
Oh yeah. See, yeah. See, seeing two return men, like very rarely, you know, I mean, I know there have been times through the years where we've gone with a single return man. I like to know just if that's just wanting to get an additional blocker there instead of having two men deep, but it also takes away from being able to, to kick away. Yeah. You want to kick away from uh, Tyler, then you can't kick away from Keaton unless you uh, sky kick it, you know, and, uh, and then, uh, then you're going to have to go really, really shorter with a sky kick, or they can come up and still feel the ball about the ten or fifteen yard line. So that's something that I'd love to, uh, you know, get Coach Houston as well as Tim Dow's thoughts on. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And for me, it's really just a matter of size. You know, he's a smaller guy, and when you get some of these linebackers running down, you know, full speed on a kickoff, you know, forty plus yards. That impact just for, you know, considering his frame is like, what, hundred maybe 165 yeah. pounds, it could lead to some uh, to some turnovers, and we're, and we're kind of seeing that now. What about Ryan Jones? Ryan Jones is a big, strong kid, and he's got speed. I wonder how Ryan would do returning kicks. That's that's an interesting thought. We should that's ask awesome. him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. An- another, a- Axel chimes in on YouTube um, suggesting Jaquan McMillan. Uh, Jaquan McMillan, I want to say he may be – did that some um, at West Forsyth in high school at a at a high level, but um, I could be mistaken about that. But I could certainly, when when he's um, he's certainly had what twelve or thirteen picks now, and he's looked good running with the football. And um, he's fast. And yes, he yes, and yes, he has good speed. So who knows? Maybe maybe he's one of those guys that practices um, at kick returner. Um, Axel also said. Uh, he, he was very impressed with the defense. Once again, stellar last night. Good adjustments at halftime to stifle the Bulls' running game after they were ripping off some, uh, you know, 15, 20-yard runs in the first half. And uh, I think they finished with 199 for the game or somewhere in that neighborhood. And he said good offensive play calling, in his opinion, throughout. Yeah, I, I thought last night – tell you what, guys, the uh... – Last night was overall good. Everything was good, but the weather. I mean, I mean, the weather was just—it's yeah. uh, what it is on that. But you know, we can't, we can't control that. And uh, but I, I want to give a well, shout I feel out. Like I'm getting sick. I was already feeling like that. Now after last night, I didn't sit in the press box, and I'm not in the tremendous athletics. I'm not a tremendous athletic specimen like Bubba, and I didn't sit in the press box like Dave. So I feel like I'm getting sick today. No, I was sitting in. I was sitting in my seats, guys. Were you really? Yes, I was. Of all yes, nights yes. not to sit in the press box, you said – now, that's just idiotic. All the games you sit in no, the press friend, box. No, my friend, wait a minute. Wait okay, a minute. Okay, all right, all right. Let's see if you Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Now, one of my, one of my best <laughs> friends – Not so fast, cowboy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one, of my, one of my best friends wanted to go to the game, and so we sat, uh, we, we sat in my seats because, you know, obviously he's not going to get it. He doesn't have a credential. Well, you, you got the press passes. You could have just took them in. Yeah, but that's not going to – the Bubba, Bubba, Kyle, Dave, you know. Well, they, be, they didn't know. They, they could, it could have been your executive producer. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is my handler. A, well, who was um, it? Who was your friend? Uh, Mitch Griffin, Mitchell Griffin. So oh, okay. I saw I saw you and Mitch. Well, now, he, now, you know what? Now, at, at a glance, if you squint real hard, you, you could have just said that was Bubba. Hey, okay, yeah. They so, both anyways, have facial hair. Yeah, that we could. Yeah, yeah, they could. Hey, Bubba, do you have a fake ID for him? Um, 
You know, so I don't know. <laughs> they can't get away with that like you could in the 80s and 90s, right, Matt? Uh, now they've got everything so sophisticated, you can't get away with that mess anymore. Um, is he a Jamesville boy, by the way? No, Williamston. Okay, Griffin. I farm life. Well, farm, farm life. Farm, farm life. life. Oh, yeah, a lot of them out there, too. Griffin, yeah. Yeah, a lot of them are farm life. Yeah, but um, anyway, we had a great time, and uh, he enjoyed the game. And just overall, I thought – you know, it is what it is with uh, that, with the with the weather, something you can control. What's the worst uh, for Bubba and uh, Matt? What's the worst game that you ever played in as far as the weather is concerned that you were just like, man, I love this game. But what, like it was hard to concentrate or focus because the weather was just so miserable. Run up in New Jersey. You probably had some okay. business in house. Yeah, in New Jersey, we we used to play our uh, last game of the season on Thanksgiving. So I think Ooh. it was like 1993, our very last game of the season on Thanksgiving. I want to say it was like 20 degrees, but with the wind chill, it was it had to be pretty close to zero. Um, <clears throat> that was a rough one. That was a rough game. What about you, Bubba? I'll answer that question from a couple different angles. One as a player, and then also as a a fan. Um, First, as a player, uh, my, my senior year, I guess, at Averett, uh, we were playing down at Chowan, and uh, when, we were, when we were playing at Chowan, <clears throat> it was miserably cold. It was probably – and it was freezing rain. So, right there, oh, low hot. 30s and, uh, and yeah. ra- ra- raining, uh, raining pretty, raining pretty, um, pretty steady throughout the game. So that, that was a, that was a miserable game uh, there in early to mid November. And then um, as far as a fan, a couple games come to mind. One, the 92 game. Down at- Is Bubba breaking up on y'all's end or just mine? Yeah, he's breaking up. Well, nobody's going to ever know. Is a robot Bubba. <laughs> Bubba's one of them robots that was dancing in the stands last night. Um, I'll tell you, I'm gonna. You, I want to throw one more at you since Bubba cut out. I, I wonder if this is one of the ones Bubba was going to mention from a because Bubba mentioned from a fan's perspective. I think it was Ruffins, maybe second to last year, up at Temple. Were you guys at that game? Oh, no, that was we were ranked. We were ranked. Yeah, and we lost Fortunately, I was spared. What were you going to say, Bubba? Repeat your repeat your games again after the show on game. Yes, the story oh, from fans' perspective, the nineteen ninety two game down at it... South Carolina. No, that wasn't ninety two. Can you? Can, can we got nineteen ninety two? We got ninety two. What 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 was the game? Okay, the, the 92 South Carolina game. Okay. South Carolina attempted a field goal on third down. We blocked it. So, after after we blocked it, they recovered it. So, they were able to attempt it again on fourth down and missed it. And Pirates won 20-18 or something like that. Then, year uh, up at Virginia Tech in, in 93, uh, that was – the beginning of Virginia Tech's bowl streak. Uh, Jim Druckenmiller, I want to say, was the quarterback, maybe. Mm. But uh, they had a really good ground game. It's Robot Bubba again. Yeah. I'm still not, uh, I still haven't figured out. 
what was bad about the South Carolina game in '92? He just said what happened with the field they, goal. They can't leave rain. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm going to go with it was a terrible. What well, What was bad about it? The 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 hello. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to we got you, Bubba. I'm, we, well, we were talking about rainstorms, so that's what was bad about it. It was, it was raining right, so well, much we, was, and so hard. It okay. was raining so well, much we, and you, so hard at, at South Carolina that the the water under Williams Bryce Stadium it was literally a foot and a half or two feet deep. The the two that come to mind for me, uh, one is is very recently. I'm surprised neither one of you named this, Matt. I don't know if you were there. 2015 against Virginia Tech was a monsoon. Yep. And uh, mm. I also twisted my ankle after that game really bad. Um, and uh, the other one was 2009 Conference Championship game against Houston. Oh, yeah. Um, That's cold. Monsoon, and it was cold as crap. Well, hey, um, I have another topic to talk about because Semenza being from Jersey, uh, how about the play? I, I'm just uh, so impressed. I know Bubba and I have talked about it. Tegan Wilk. I love that kid from Pennsylvania. And, um, Matt, I was going to ask you that very fact of um, having what I hate to use the term, because, but it's used rust belt. But we have, like, some kind of – we need some kind of rust belt pipeline of players because there's a lot of great players in Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, all up north. Um, and a kid like him, a coach talked about when they recruited him, he didn't have the certain metrics, but he was a great, smart football player. Is what coach talked about in the post-game press conference last night. Just want to get your take, take because you're a pirate and you're from up north in Jersey, currently living in the great state of Connecticut. Um, but what do you? But what are your thoughts on? But what are your thoughts on that? So uh, I'll tell you. I remember watching Tegan Wilkes' high school film when we first uh, when he first committed, and I was beyond impressed with that kid. He has uh, he's a football player. He he has instincts. He had I, I thought watching his film, he had elite instincts. Um, he looked like a guy to me who, you, you know, like a, a coach's son type of player, where he always knows where he's at on the field at all times. Just smart, and he can make plays. If you ever if you ever watch his high school film, it's very impressive. But you know, he comes from that Pennsylvania pipeline. Those guys live, breathe, sleep football in Pennsylvania. I love it. I love recruiting there. And I've been saying for, for a long time that we should try to go, you know, especially for offensive linemen, we should try to go and poach a lot of those Mac schools yeah. who they do bring in a ton of offensive linemen. So, like, let's just take, like, an Ohio U, for example, right? They get these big offensive linemen from Pennsylvania, Ohio, guys that weren't four stars, but they can play. Give them an opportunity to come south to North Carolina. I'm sure a lot of them would take you up on that. I, I'd like to see more of it, especially on the offensive line. I think that's a really good place to pull in O linemen. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, that that's um, that's something that we can. I don't know who's in charge of that area, but there's got to be with the likes of yourself, uh, Scar Harley. You can start naming all all the guys from um, from up north that have come to Greenville. I mean, hey. If it's a great football player and there's a lot of guys that are like Tegan Wilk that are not even recruited because uh, they don't have enough stars by their name, which is a bunch of crap. Um, he's a perfect example of a kid that fits our narrative of being a pirate and that we have a chip on their shoulder. So when we play these ACC schools or maybe Big Ten schools that, in his case, that overlooked him, 
then you then hey we can we can uh hey, that guy's a baller and i'm glad we have him on our team yeah i uh, guess uh matt says we need to recruit more up north uh terry, terry gallagher says we need to get more players from georgia so uh i guess it's all well, hey all the thought, hey <laughs> all of the above baby all of the above i mean if yeah. they're a great player we want them you know what I'm yeah yeah uh, but that, that was one thing that I noticed last night. That kid's coming in. Um, he didn't have the – obviously, he's uh, young, and he didn't have a number – you know, the snaps. Uh, but he's but he's uh, one of these kids' next man up, and he's taking advantage of his opportunities. And uh, thank God we have him as a pirate, no doubt about it. Looking ahead, I know that we have our next game. Very excited about another thing, guys. It's going to be very emotional. Ruff and McNeil coming back. Inducted into the rock and uh, rock and roll. I keep saying <laughs> tomorrow night. It's tomorrow. The rock and roll hall of fame. Uh, Ruffin McNeil, ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. Sports objective. You heard it here first. <laughs> Ruffin McNeil in the rock and roll hall of fame. I keep saying. Hey, Kyle, saying Kyle Coach, Mur- Coach Ruff may be as country as a row of corn, but he's a rocker. That's right. He's going in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There you go. I keep saying that because tomorrow night, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, induction ceremony is tomorrow night, and I'm excited about that. But I'm also, but I'm more excited about Ruff McNeil. I wanted to get you guys your thoughts on that. I think that's going to be a very emotional game. I wish I, think- I wish he was going to be there Saturday. He's going to be there Friday um, for the ceremony. Yeah. He has to be. I think they. They play Miami. They play Miami. They play some Florida State or Miami. They play. They just lost to Miami. They they play Florida State. Florida State. Okay. Yeah. So unfortunately, he's supposed to be in Tallahassee Saturday. Yeah. But uh, he'll be there Friday. I'm I'm guessing his wife will probably accept it for him Saturday, on field. Um. So uh, it, it's awesome. I wish he could be there. Um. Yeah. It it it'll, it yeah it, it he'll get a, when they say his name he'll get a standing a um, love rub. So uh, very, very glad to see he's uh, he's going in the Hall of Fame. And, you, uh, and Matt, I want to get your take. I know you're not in uh, Philly, but uh, Rod Carey, you know, you were talking, well, people are talking about, you know, with um, East Carolina and Mike Houston. Uh, Rod Carey, man, I mean, do you think he survives after this year? I mean, I know there was a COVID year and all that stuff, but um, uh, do people really care about, I know more, Temple's been more of a basketball school anyway. Um, but do you think they care about Kerry enough to like say, they, is there like a passion there that to get rid of this guy? I don't, I really don't think there's any passion for him. You know, to be honest, there's really not much passion for Temple football, period. Yeah. You know, they, they, um, you know, they, I know, that, and this goes back to that whole conversation, you know, we were talking about last week with markets, right? They're in this unbelievable sports market, but you really just don't see any much passion for temple football when you go to a temple game it's abysmal it's a horrible atmosphere absolutely horrible maybe one of the worst atmospheres i've ever been to for a football game um and you know but they can recruit well they because they they can get the south jersey players they can get pa obviously you know into you know deeper into pennsylvania um i can go down to virginia dc um they they actually they they've actually they actually come down to north carolina some yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I don't see the second half of the season going well for them. I don't see them winning many games at all. So he could be, he could be in his last stretch here. It just said, and there's people, what, what, what I'm getting at is the players transferring. You have, um, I'm 
Kyle, uh, uh, Kyle, we were, you know, talking last year about and Bubba with um, with COVID and everything, but it just seems like he's, I don't know, just maybe a gut feeling he's lost to players or just not. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, coming in, I'm not going to take him for granted. I'm not going to take him for granted next Saturday. But no, uh, hell we, no. talking, we can't take anybody for granted. No, but just saying that I'm hoping that we come out. Did you see the Charleston yeah. Southern game? Oh, yeah. I certainly did. Um, but the very fact that we could go out there and get a good good lead on them. And that's one thing I want to ask you guys. Just win. Uh, just win. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. If it's, at this point in the I season, know. I don't care if it's about 50 or one. It don't matter now. No, no, I know that. I'm just saying my, my question would be is how do you um, – one of the things I've heard a lot in Pirate Nation, just listening to people, you know, like at the games and around town – is the very thing that how do you finish the games? That's the thing. One thing they're saying again last night. I heard Pirate fans over hearing them say, "I wish we could finish games." So Matt, how do you do that, Bubba Kyle? How do you finish? Uh, games? How do you finish games? Uh, I I'd say you know, like, by, another, I, I thought we did a pretty yeah. pretty good job of finishing the game last <laughs> night. <laughs> I'd say you go up by two touchdowns and uh and uh you know don't let them score anymore. I'm saying as a I'm saying as a whole. I mean as a whole. Well, obviously it worked out for us last night. That was more a halftime. How do, how do you finish games? I guess you're meaning when we're in a close game with someone like UCF, uh, Houston, yeah, how, how do you finish off? Um, you do what you did last night. Now, I will say I will say this. When you force two turnovers, when you're up by 11, only coming away with three points late like that uh, was a bit aggravating to me. Um, to go up by 15, uh, you know, you, you, you give the offense a short field two times in a row, you'd like to come away with at least one touchdown. Um, but – at least we got the three to, to to I said eleven. We were up by twelve, but at least we got the three to make it a fifteen point game. So they they'd have had to score twice plus get a two point conversion. And but, what about uh, that? In, in general, I think you do what you did last night. You you play good defense. You force turnovers, and when you have scoring opportunities, you score. Uh, also, you pick up first downs. That's another thing. When you got a lead, uh, pick up first downs, and and uh, I actually. I actually think last night it was a couple times we threw the football. Where I was wondering why the hell we were throwing the ball when we should have just been running clock. Um, but in general, that, that's how you finish games. So you do what you did last night. And, guys, what about that? Uh, do you, another thing that was driving me crazy is that uh, when that – who was it that scored that touchdown in, uh, for South Florida and then USF? And then, thank God, the, uh, the refs call, you know, the holding call, and they brought it back on them. And there was another holding call after that. But – uh, that was a huge, another huge play that could have hurt us too, or made it actually a. And, and it was a legitimate hold. Um, yeah. he, the the uh, I'd have to go back and see who the players were on that on that play, but uh, he he had he had the guy not grabbed the jersey of the East Carolina defender, uh, most likely he would have got the tackle. If not, he at least slowed him down. Okay, is, that, is this a good time to jump in and talk about how bad the American Conference officials are? I mean. They are awful. Makes you want to join the Sun Belt. Um, (laughs) They are are awful. I mean, every week it seems like there's a missed call. And you know what's really interesting about that game? So so I'm very – I went back and I watched the Holton touchdown. I'm I'm 100% convinced he scored a touchdown there. But it became like like the NBA where we got a makeup call. (laughs) Right, because that was a safety, guys. There's no doubt about that was a safety. So we got screwed on one end, and then we got the NBA-style makeup call in the second half. So it's like almost it almost balanced itself out. But American Conference conference officials are bad. It's those their replay, and that doesn't make any sense to me, Matt, because if you – 
if you screw it up on the field, you screw up on the field. But how they consistently screw up replays, and you go back to the yeah. Tulsa game last year and they screwed up replay reviews. Four, they four overturned the, last year in that Tulsa game, they overturned a damn play that shouldn't have been overturned that cost us the ball game. And how about the very fact of you have uh, – so you had uh, the touchdown that you said the hold was legit. Um, but you had the touchdown. That, that could have That played. was a good call. That was a good call. You know, I said it was a good call. But then uh, we had the call that were – I mean, I'm right there. Those My seats are right there on the goal line. I couldn't tell you about the safety because that's at the other end of the field in the Murphy Center. I can't – you know, I can't see that far away, obviously, um, to see, like, the line. The line. But We have a scoreboard. I use it. That's how I watch the game. I, I watch it too, but I'm just saying that uh, the I, literally my my vision right there with with the goal line is right there, and he was he was definitely over that line. Um, but you know, I said this, and maybe this sounds bitter, but I just I feel like oh, he was said, definitely over the goal line, Dave. The question was was his knee down? He uh, that's what I know. I'm just saying that he the very fact of um, within him, if it was Cincinnati, if we're the top with the top dog, and whenever we are that. We'll get a lot of calls that we we probably shouldn't, um, but because we're not one of the top dogs in the league, then we're not getting the calls that we deserve. I mean, that was a perfect example of um, one that that really you know that's uh, that's where it's all of a sudden a ball game fourteen thirteen you know. Um, but anyway, I'm glad it all worked out. But you're right, Matt. The uh, the guys give me a hard time for being hard on the officials, but I think we have reason to be not hard. recently, not recently. In the past, but not recently. Um, he, the officials have been bad, very bad recently. I, I hey, just I kind mean, of a kind of a random comment here. You know, whenever you're applauding something like you just did, I want to go um, kind of like the nutty professor, Hercules, 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 <laughs> Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> how about the, case, the comment from Casey? <laughs> I'll go to that in just a moment, uh, Dave. Okay. But um. Uh, Kind of, this is going back to Matt's era, that 1997 game uh, up at Syracuse where the Pirates were shut out 56 to nothing. Yeah. That was the, that was the last time. Uh, so that streak was obviously extended last night. And um, the, the primary reason I pointed that out was just because of that's crazy that we have not been shut out since uh, since Matt was playing for us. What are you but, talking uh, about? I'm confused. You had to mention that, Bubba. Bubba, you had to bring that up. That's one. Yeah, of the I, had, yeah I had to mention. I had to mention that. Yeah. How, why? Why did you bring that up? Is it the anniversary of that game or something? No, I just saw it in the game notes and. Oh. Okay. And um and I I had to be honest I I'd, I'd forgotten that it had been that long. Did you know that was our 900th game last night in ECU football history? No, but uh. Yep. I'm serious. Hey, hey, hey uh, game notes are full of all kinds okay. of stuff like that. I'm serious. That was our 900th game. Oh, I had no idea whether you were no, serious, serious or go, not. Go, go to Hoyt Sellers. There's, there's several there's several posts about it. I have a I have what? a question for you guys. So yeah. my question my question will be: uh, Where are those people that are comparing Mike Houston and Scotty Montgomery? Where are those people tonight? Have uh, you probably uh, at their homes or either on the way home from work or in restaurants or perhaps at shopping malls. Maybe that was one thing that I uh, I did a Kyle from Lagrange on so these keyboard bandits are talking about how that that Mike Houston is no better than Scotty Montgomery. Where are they tonight? That uh, I was just so I was like, if you ever want Mike Houston and these guys no. to, to win, it's I know where one of them probably is. You do? 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I just thought he's I a just friend of the show. I know who you're talking about, and that's that's ridiculous, um, <laughs> beyond ridiculous. It really is. Um, yeah, 1932 got a mention or two as well on ESPN. Yeah, that's when we started the program. And I tell you what, um, speaking of which, yeah, that was 1932. That's right. It got mentioned until on the pro. Yeah, with our 900 game. Uh, that was 1932. Hey, 900 games ago, and now you can get the hat right there. What marketing? What marketing? We, we just totally missed the effing opportunity to to <laughs> the not understand since nineteen thirty two, and we weren't even aware of it until it was after it was played. But we could have really marketed the crap out of those hats around that. But uh, oh well, too late now. But uh, yeah. there you go. If 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 you want to show everybody that you were established nineteen thirty two, just like the pirates, wear that hat. Yeah, wear the hat. We got it right there, baby. So. I get your hats in the back there. I think we're sold out of the first batch or right at it, right, Bubba? So uh, make sure you guys uh, get that if you're but looking that, for uh, Bubba, how many hats did you actually get to give out last night the, for people who purchased them? Uh, about 10, I think, 10, 10 to 12. So we still got a lot a lot of hats to disperse, huh? Yes, um, but most of those have been spoken for, like Dave said, and um, I think we have one or two remaining that are unsold and kind of uh, – accumulating a list of people that are interested. And a lot of folks say that last night when I was passing the hats out to people at tailgate, some people saw the hat and not only were they interested in a hat, but they're like, Hey, I, I would like that logo on a hoodie. Yep. Hoodies, t-shirts. We, we hope to do it in the future. And, uh, and, um, you know, well, we gotta, we gotta get the word out uh, more and more that uh, they're, they're available. Of course, right now we got all the business we can handle, but we do want to do a second batch and and perhaps some hoodies next. And uh, uh, glad people like them. No doubt about it. We'll have our store up and running here in no time. So that's something that we're working on right now behind the scenes. So we'll have that where you can actually go between social media with Facebook and the like and our website. So. Um, just hang tight if you're uh, do that. And Bubba, I know, has been working hard on – he's been doing an excellent job on keeping up with that. But he's the numbers guy, right, Matt? I mean, he's the numbers guy, so we'll let the numbers guy take care of all Dang, that. Uh, speaking, of, uh, speaking of numbers guy, um, this is nothing to do. This is a terrible segue. Uh, this is like a Brian Last and Jim Cornette segue to do a sponsor ad. Um, but uh, the the uh, I wanted to mention on the show, I mentioned on Pirate Radio last night, uh, Eric Ward, um, and I mentioned oh, on the yeah. show, uh, Eric Ward, uh, the game atmosphere, the last two home games in terms of the music and the game production, um, light years away of what it's been the last uh, couple of years. I don't know what's changed, but, uh, if somebody's turned Eric Ward loose and, and, and let him do his thing, then they keep letting him do his thing because, uh, the, the music selections from beginning to end ha- have been much hundred percent approved. Um, I, I, I love, uh, you know, uh, uh, fight for your right to party after big stops on third down. I love uh, kickstart my heart to uh, on kickoffs. Um, like this uh, Motley Crue, there you go. Uh, getting down in a pirate town after the victories uh, as we're leaving the stadium. Eric Ward, thank you for taking my suggestion uh, given to you by, I won't say his name on the air, but uh, we know who he is. Uh, so uh, that, that, you know, uh, I told Jessica, I said, if I drop dead tomorrow and this becomes a tradition where we play it forever after games, that's my legacy right there. Get down in the Pirate Town, me and play it after ECU games. 
There you go. Well, hey, uh, any song sounds hey any song sounds better after <laughs> a pirate win. Every uh, the food tastes better, Matt. Don't you think after a, a pirate win? No doubt. Uh, so you guys, we got a few games left. We got a few minutes left. Hey guys, uh, look, look, one more thing is you know I'm on. A, I, I told you guys to remind me of a story the uh, earlier. Oh yeah, lunchtime. Yeah, lunch. Okay, all right. Uh, so I was eating lunch. Uh, my, my my friend and I were eating lunch at a little Greek place in um in Kenston called the Olympian today, and um we her and I were talking, and over here this guy on his phone, and I hear him go. It's 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 Old Dominion and one other. Yeah, it was Old Dominion and one other. And I said, oh, I said, it's uh, Old Dominion, James Madison, Marshall, and Southern Miss. I was four going to the Sun Belt. And he looked at me like I had turd hanging out of my ears. And uh, he just kept going to this conversation. And, uh, uh, you know, my friend looks at me and goes, oh, you know, you try to help people and, and they don't appreciate it. And and, uh, and so I'm like, wow, what, what, what an ass. And, uh, you know. And then all of a sudden hear him. Yep. It's either Old Dominion Freight Line or another one we're going to use. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely wow. nothing to do with conference expansion. But wow. uh, when Tyler, I heard that Old Dominion announced belt. yesterday they were going to the Sun Belt. So it made perfect sense. So uh, nothing to do with it. So uh, my apologies to the guy for jumping in on this conversation. I'm sure he's not watching because I don't think he cares about football now. But uh, hey. it, nonetheless, it was funny. So we got a few games left. Do you guys think we? Uh, what do you? What do you like? Uh, you, I'm going to stick with my seven and five prediction uh, that I said preseason uh, way before we were. What do you guys think? You you like the? You think we're definitely going to be six and six, seven and five? Uh, I hope you're right in seven and five, but I'm going to go six and six and be happy about it. I'll be happy with six and six for sure. But what do you think, Matt? I think I'm very confident we're going to – I'll say this. I'm very confident we, we spank Temple. Um, Navy scares the hell out of me. I, I just – like I, I said all the time, I'd rather play Alabama than Navy here. I don't know what it is about that school, but we just have a tough time getting over that hump. Now, we should beat them. I think we're better. I think we're the better team this year. Um, I think we get to 6-6. Six and six. This is a long way of saying I think we get to 6-6. Six and six. And uh, – you know, it's either going to be it's going to be Navy or at Memphis. We got we're going to have to step up and get one of those games. No doubt. What about you, Bubba? Uh, he said four night. Four night. Uh, no, I definitely. Uh, I think that we'll get to six, potentially seven, uh, and and obviously make a bowl. Um, but go ahead. Um, Go ahead, guys. Uh, I'm I'm getting some food at the moment. Uh, uh, speaking, speaking of go ahead, if we if we get to six, uh, finding out what we found out today about the Cure Bowl and, and, and who found All it. Right, guys. Okay, but the, Rod well, Dowdy's daughter, Rod Dowdy's daughter, found it the Cure Bowl, and this will be the first year we have been bowl eligible. I, I, I maybe since that bowl's been in existence. No, uh, maybe. In, I, I, it's either the first year or the second year we've been bowl eligible that bowl's been in existence. It may have been around since 14, but we went to a better bowl in 14. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I can just about guarantee you, unless we do get to seven and maybe get the military bowl, but uh, if we get to six, I, I'd just about be willing to bet you we'll be in Orlando playing in the Cure Bowl. Yep. Uh, my preference if we get to six is Myrtle Beach, unless it's against Coastal Carolina. I have no Ooh. interest in playing Coastal in a home game in a friggin' bowl. So, uh, 
I, I I'd welcome Orlando and uh, if we're six and six again, I think if we get to seven, we'll get a better opportunity. Uh, would yeah, you guys can, rather we... go Myrtle Beach or, or Orlando? Myrtle because it'd be closer. Well, the matchup, I like both. Yeah, both yeah. I don't want to play Coastal. If it's co- if it's anybody but Coastal, um, including a rematch with App, I'd take that. Uh, anybody but Coastal. I, not because I'm scared of Coastal. It's just playing a playing a a home team in a bowl. That's BS. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's that was my that was my my thinking. Exactly, Kyle. Is a uh, very unfair match. Although, hey, hey, Kyle. How about the fact that uh, with with our fan base, what do you? Th- uh, you I want to ask you guys this a couple weeks ago. Just telling on me, I didn't ask it. Can you imagine like if it's uh, what is it? What's the stadium seat there? About twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine like literally? I think we could sell twenty thousand bowl seats. Uh, with, with, I mean, our fan base has been hungry for just to go to a bowl for all this time. Um, could you so imagine we- if we were playing Charlotte in the Myrtle Beach Bowl? <laughs> oh my god that would be hilarious that would be hilarious a great um, rival yeah at this point yeah i think it wouldn't matter who we play if it was myrtle beach um then uh yeah and, and technically that's sunbelt against mac but any espn owned bowl as they've made the statement now that they will trade them around they need please do that please do that we need the old school way of doing things because no they did they've done it the last couple of years ever it's it's terrible how they have these matchups that nobody cares about. Let me tell you something. That, that Peach Bowl, that Peach Bowl, um, NC State in East Carolina hadn't played in what four or five years, and yeah. then you have. I mean that that was a great great. Uh, well, thing I think I think really to be honest with you, Dave, East Carolina because it's been long since we've been to a bowl. We'll care about any any bowl. Oh yeah. Any anywhere but the Fenway Bowl, guys. I mean. I'll take Orlando. I'll take Myrtle Beach. I don't want to play in the Fenway Bowl. <laughs> you get an ACC opponent. I, I know. I, I just, uh, you it's know, it's – it's well, if you're playing an ACC opponent, you're talking about two potentially warm-weather schools outside of, like, BC and Syracuse to have to travel north and play in that weather. Um, historically, we, we don't play great in the cold weather. So uh, – you know, I'll, t- I'll take I'll take the I'll take Orlando any day of the week. Oh, yeah, yeah, Orlando or Myrtle Beach is the one. I uh, again, I think in the matchup in the Myrtle Beach Bowl, it would be uh, a Mac or a Sun Belt school probably on the other side. Uh, in Orlando, it would be I believe it's the Sun Belt school. So um, a potential matchup down in Orlando. Could we get our rematch for Georgia State? Ooh, hmm. get a be chance nice. for a little payback. That would be nice. That would be a lot. Speaking of a lot of tickets sold, that would be a and you have a lot of people from, um, oh, from the land area, from Georgia State. I think I'm gonna. I thought you were about to say you have a lot of people from Georgia State. No, no, no. I was talking. No, I was talking about the our fan base. There's a lot of people oh. from Atlanta that um that would definitely travel down. That we would have a not only our you know the Pirate Nation, but certainly the Atlanta fan. You know the all the fans we have there. Uh, Anyway, where we are, there's going to be a lot of fans, I think, because... Yeah, let's just get to six first. You don't yeah. want to look back at this conversation and it not matter, because we get a bowl. But uh, this will be a real fun conversation to have once we once we get to six wins. Uh, then uh, then we can be giddy like, well, I won't use that reference, but we can be really happy. <laughs> um, but yeah, Speaking I'm, of I'm the... 
Speaking of the Cure Bowl, uh, like I was mentioning to you guys earlier, uh, we have a connection there with Ron Dowdy's daughter. Yeah, I mentioned that. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry. Well, I thought I thought you may have I thought you may have, but while while I was uh, ordering my food here at Bohangles, uh, ah, I missed Bohangles. that. I missed Very that. Fancy. Very fancy French yes. restaurant. Yeah. Um, I uh, yeah, I, I mentioned uh, I mentioned that and how um, if we get to six that uh, that with Ron Dowdy's ties to that bowl game that uh, that may be where we're headed because they will probably want us and you want to go where you're wanted. Oh, no doubt, no doubt about it. You guys have anything before we go? Yeah, Robert Dedrick chiming in on YouTube saying military bowl um, close and plus. AAC, excuse me, ACC opponent, um, but Myrtle Orlando would be, will be okay too. I think we probably got to get to seven to, uh, to get the military bowl. I, I guess it depends on who's bowl eligible. Um, because, you know, uh, Cincinnati's going to be in at least only six and six. Huh? Could what we Virginia Tech's, what, three and four now? Yep. Yeah. Speaking of could, which, could I the Hokies get to six and six? I'll tell you one thing. Um, I don't think we have to, I could tell you one thing right now. Uh, the Virginia Tech fans are livid. Um, I don't know if he. I don't even know if they're going to have a coach at the end of the season. I really don't. Hmm. Yeah, they they're not happy with Justin Fuentes. Um, not at all. No, I. You know, Justin I, Fuente either. Yeah. Well, whatever. Okay. <laughs> uh, I know it's coming, Bubba. I was waiting for that, Bubba. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good with names, Bubba. You know that. I'll forget a guest name halfway through. Hey, the show at this look. point, Hokie fans are probably calling him Justin Fuentes. Hey, by the way, last oh, night I heard that's, a guy. That's nice what they're calling him. Actually. Last night I heard a guy behind me literally yell. He's being serious. Uh, he yelled down at uh, South Florida's coach. He said, "Hey, Coach Scott, you're just as stupid as our offensive coordinator Donnie Kilpatrick." Oh my god! Well, that's. Jesus, if you're going to talk trash, get the name right. <laughs> wow. No also, I heard somebody talking talking geography trash, yelling at the South Florida. You guys ain't even me in South Florida. You're in West Florida. Why ain't you in – why ain't y'all the University of West Florida? Ain't nothing like geography trash talk. That's good stuff. <laughs> hey, hey, Kyle, did you say to South Florida uh, what I told you to there at the end of the game? I did not. I wish I'd have seen that text. I would have done it. That would have been hysterical. It, it, so stupid, but it would have been funny. It would have been. It, it would have been. All right, guys, we got a big game coming up, and that'll be obviously a week from hard to believe. There's the only bad thing. Another th bad thing about a Thursday night game is there's no game literally tomorrow uh, for the Pirates. But good news, we have the the break uh, there, and we'll be able to get some rest like we talked about earlier. I think we're going to play tomorrow. All right, let's do it. Um, not, um, but we'll look at the, we'll obviously have our pirate preview coming up in a few days, uh, Tuesday and then Thursday, um, I'm sorry, on Tuesday, um, Thursday rather. And then, uh, our playback will be obviously Saturday night, uh, next week or Sunday. So make sure to keep that in mind. And, and right uh, now the early weather forecast for next Saturday is sunny, a high around 60 degrees, overnight low around 40 with a three o'clock kickoff. Perfect weather for football. Mm -hmm. No doubt, guys. Let's get it. Let's get Dowdy Ficklin. By the way, get your tickets, ECU tickets, acpirates.com. 
for the ECU ticket office, 1-800-DIAL-ECU. Let's see 40,000. I'd like to say 50, but let's be realistic. Let's see 40,000 in there next Saturday. Hey, that, that would be rocking, man. That boneyard, get that hey boneyard. Hey, guys, do you think uh, – you hate to look back, but do you think if we got Houston last week and we were playing for win number six, do you think we could have gotten 40 in there for Temple? Or maybe That's 50 even is what I meant to say because I'm going for 40 now. There's a shot. Yeah, there's a I shot so. there. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so before we go, we were going to thank our great sponsors. want to thank Kevin K.K. Walker. K.K. has been a friend of the programs for – Going only back a couple of years now, and he stepped up, and we appreciate uh, his sponsorship of the show, the Pirate Playback. LNK Custom Homes, Kevin Walker, he's a licensed general contractor. Give him a call today, 336 688 8461. He's in the Triad area, the Greensboro area, his hometown, and all that. And he actually, uh, if you haven't seen his work, guys, on Facebook, unbelievable. Give him a call again, 336 688 8461. Is that your cat, Dave? What? Is that your cat I hear? No. No, actually, it's pretty quiet that, around here. That's my dog. Oh, what kind of dog do you have? He's a he's a, uh, he's a a pug, man. He's down there snoring. You could probably hear ah, him. little push-in face. So like, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Matt. I ain't got any time dog. for any meows around here. Be more like a dog. <laughs> wow. All right. And uh, we want to thank our other sponsors. Uh, obviously, uh, we have Tim Neal. And he has, uh, Tim is a friend of mine, Surveillance and Security Solutions, LLC, reliable, timely, and accurate. And uh, Tim does a great job. If you need any security detail, uh, call him today, 716-490-4503. Again, 716-490-4503. Call Tim today, and he'll take very good care of you. Thank you, for Tim, for being a sponsor and supporting our program. It means a lot to me. And I know uh, Kyle and Bubba, another great guy, a former pirate of the Skip Colts, and I believe uh, I was at Ruffin McNeil era, right, for the D lineman, Josh Smith. Yeah, yeah. If you need your – go ahead, Bubba. Go ahead, Kyle. No, I was going to say, if you need your deck pressure washed, your, your home, uh, or, or if you have really dirty children, uh, get up with Josh. <laughs> He'll pressure wash them, right? Uh, 252 – oh, let me get that number, but – um, anyway, moving along, there we there go. Two five two two four one zero eight one two. Give him Josh a call today. And I know, um, Kyle, you actually um, have Skyler from Eastern North Carolina Lawn Pro. He took care of you, didn't he? Oh, he took care of my lawn. Um, I. Uh, well, yeah. uh, back, back, That's what I was talking about. Back in August, uh, yeah, we uh, we we got a zero turn mower, but it was in the shop and uh, needed some work and. Right now, people can't get parts for a damn thing, so it was an extended time period. And uh, Skyler took care of uh, my, my yard here. Uh, I got a couple acres, and uh, he took care of it for me and uh, had him come out and price the big job where I got a bunch of brush that needs to be torn down and some trees that have fallen in that brush. And uh, Skyler, uh, Skyler's got reasonable prices and does good work. And uh, so if you're in Lenore County, Greene County, Wayne County, Pitt County, he'll, he'll be happy to uh, price, uh, price the job for you and do good work. I right, appreciate Skylar's support of the program as well. And uh, definitely there's all kinds of stuff you can get done uh, with your with your lawn. Appreciate all our great sponsors, guys. And uh, folks, if you want to be a sponsor, then you can, you're hearing our voices, then simply uh, t uh, the OBJ at gmail.com. You can uh, get up with us and we'd love to have you, especially those folks in the Connecticut area. They have a lot of money. And I know Matt Simmons will come knocking on the doors. They love East Carolina. Up in Connecticut. Matt, Matt can you can you get Vince? Can, can you go over to Stanford 
and, and get Vince to go to Chuck. Yeah, just knock on the door there, WWE headquarters. That's what we need. We could definitely use it. Vince McMahon fun. Stadium. Hey, Go, Pirates, go. There you go. <laughs> you guys have anything before we go? Uh, uh, just glad we won. <laughs> Looking forward to uh, next Saturday with uh, much, better, much better weather, hopefully. No doubt. How about you, Matt? Hey, it's one thing I wanted to say. I love to see Holton Aylers running last night. Really enjoyed that. <clears throat> Something we've all been calling for for a long time. I'd like to see more of that over the, over the second half of the season. I think it really helps balance our offense out a little bit. And he showed when he runs, when he leaves the pocket, he can be dangerous. He can make plays with his feet, and he did it last night several times. So uh, just looking for more of that. And uh, like I said, we're going to spank Temple next week. So spank. here we go. There you go. Spank, spank. What if they uh, like it? That's a whole nother show. Uh, Bubba, what, what about you before we go? We're here a week and a half from the start of Pirate basketball season. And uh, with that being the case, we will have some, some interviews here in the, the coming days uh, with the likes of uh, Antoine Jackson and then also new assistant coach Steve DeMayo. DeMayo? Yep. All right. All right, so guys, uh, good luck to Somebody the Pirates. Somebody at the door? What am I hearing there? I hear like a, a register or something. Hey, maybe, I don't know. I'm not at Walmart. I'm at home. Uh, That's old <laughs> so, school, Dave. That's old school. I know, I know, no doubt. All right, guys, uh, appreciate you very much. Part of the Pirate playback. And good luck to the Pirates, as we said, next Saturday against Temple Hall of Fame weekend. Get your tickets again, ecupirates.com, 1-800-DIAL-ECU. Until next time. You've been watching and listening to the Pirate Playback on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. Go Pirates. It's purple. Yo, what's going on, y'all? This is Udon Cheek, assistant track and field coach at East Carolina University. You are plugged into the Sports Objective Podcast. If you are a fan, you are plugged into the right place. And if you're really a fan, you will share that link. My heart is purple and gold. I'm a pirate down to my soul. And I don't back down, not at all. Find out when the cannons explode. Boom!